Are you ready to call shotgun? Let's hit the road. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio, where two car freaks and anyone they can thumb wrestle into submission talk all things car, from new gadgets to old destinations to the who's who of makers, shakers, and road trip takers. Your hosts are 35-year radio veteran, book author, lousy karaoke singer, and man of many cookies, Mark Catfish Groves, plus freelance auto journalist, auto auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of his own fleet of sweet rides Brett Hatfield It's road noise you want to hear Time Time for for Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio From the magnificent Calic Media offices located in my basement Welcome to Road Muscle Radio I'm Catfish Groves And I am Brett Hatfield Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, on Twitter and at RoadMuscleRadio.com for links, our blog, events and of course our podcast And by the way, I do uh, I, I, I have to admit, I'm old so I, I interact more on Facebook than, uh, than a lot of the other ones. And, uh, you know, feel free to stop on by because I do, I do like to find some weird articles. Don't act like you're that much older than I am. Uh, 10 years, baby. Uh, uh, yeah, huh? Uh, 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 four, four, four. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> you just seem so young and sprightly to me. See, I'm getting old and senile. Thank but you. uh coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, when you gotta hit a car, you might as well make it one of only three that exist. Auto Hunter brings the lightning. I like big hoods, and I cannot lie. And the Corvette Museum has got a new baby. <laughs> and then in the second half, Johnny Fargus is gonna tell us what it's like to own the largest automotive forum in the Caribbean. Or Caribbean. Caribbean? Caribbean? Which do you prefer, Johnny? Caribe. Caribe? <laughs> I wish I could say it like that. My wife would be so interested again. Wait, say that again. Caribe. Southeast Atlantic. And, and you know what's weird? I saw you said the same thing both times, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just going to play this recording for her and put it on a loop. Uh, plus what it's like to drive an LS-powered Porsche and all kinds of craziness that goes on oh, under he, his tutelage and in his garage. He builds the best, weirdest stuff. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that in the second half. But uh, Johnny's also going to join us as uh, we hit up the news and the other stuff that's going on. Speaking of what's going on, what's going on with you car-wise, Brett? All right. Well, it finally got cold enough to put the hard top on the Corvette. Sweet. Uh, and, of course, stupidly, I did it by myself. Oh, no. Which, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a circus act. You should see me do it sometime. Uh, but before you put the top on, you have to polish the car, the rear deck, to make there, sure there's no scratches because you, you know, wouldn't want one hanging out from underneath the top, not be able to polish it out. God, uh, no. That's, and then that's you, my first thought, Johnny, is I wouldn't the did, scratch. Did it rain next day? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It sits in a warehouse. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if it didn't rain, you didn't shine it good enough. I oh, because it, every time I shine my car, it rains next day. It rained the day it's, I did it. <laughs> there wow, you go. you're good. <laughs> uh, but you can't just polish one panel on it. So it started the uh, polisher rear fender and then the trunk. And Snowballing. Screw it. I wound up doing a defect correction detail on the whole damn car. It looks wet and glossy and gorgeous now. Nice. Uh, and then you missed. Mister, you sent me a link. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For a job. And it was a job writing for a website. I sent in my resume and cover letter thinking, hey, these people are never going to hire me. And they hired me. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And I'm having the best week working for GM Authority so far this week. Uh, just a couple articles deep, but they're throwing me all kinds of new oh, wow. uh, assignments and responsibilities, and I'm really happy, and it's all your fault. Well, you know, I, I did try to sign you up for the uh, Christian Science Monitor, but I guess maybe that uh, that, uh, that writing gig didn't yeah, work out. I, I also sent one to them, and <laughs> they said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> we appreciate your offer, Satan, yeah, but no. <laughs> you're not getting in here like that. <laughs> Well, that, that is awesome, and uh, welcome back to the, the working world of working McWorkface. Uh, that is so weird, getting up in the morning early and uh-huh. you know, drinking coffee and trying to be awake during regular business hours. Yeah, and not being able to stay up late and totally binge in Netflix because, ah, crap, I really have to get up early. Oh, no, I am, you know, yesterday morning I was more pissed off than a vampire <laughs> with a paper route. <laughs> Are you selling the the F one fifty now and to get a? No, 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 G- GM Silverado. See, I know. See, yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> I still drive an F one fifty. 
Well, I went and looked at a uh, CB350 uh, a Honda, mm-hmm. a 1971 too. Very cool, uh, orange gas tank, kind of the, the really old looking with the flat seat. Looks total nerdsville. I, I love that you're trying to find the crap in every corner of the wheeled world. I I have a, I, seriously, I have a skill. You have a crap and magnet. I, I, I am unblessed by God. Uh, <laughs> or maybe you're overblessed by God. I, I think I'm his walking joke, you know? He's like, wait, let's see what the asshole goes he's, for now. He's going to try to get something with wheels again. Let's <laughs> flick him in the back of the yeah, head. Here we go. So I went and looked at this one, and actually it was a cool-looking bike. But, uh, of course, uh, when the guy went to start it, it uh, started just drizzling gasoline mm-hmm. out of one of the carbs. That's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the starter itself, the starter was new, but then it was making this real funky sound. Maybe it was old and all the gasoline just cleaned it out and made it look new. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's it. That's what I'm I even, telling. I even got down on the ground that, looked underneath to look at the little oil drip. That's a drip. special feature on the CB350. Yeah, self-cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't get that either. And I had the money in hand, but uh, no, no. that. Uh, How many times I got to tell you, you can't put craggers on a motorcycle. You know, as God is my witness, I was even thinking how cool it would look. Trike, trike, baby. <laughs> Big old 10 inch wide craggers in the back. And I might actually be able to drive that. There you so, go. So, uh, you know, I, that was that was my uh, weekend and and then I was done. That's usually, okay, Marky. Usually I say trying. interesting just to be polite, but I'll be just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's kicking you in the... <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. I see how this is going to go. You just wait for my interview yeah, questions. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to kick you right in the ding-ding. Switch into Spanish now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the news, uh, oh, it's awful. Classic car was damaged in a crash in Santa Clara, California. Uh, emergency personnel responded to a crash involving a rare classic car. That was Friday afternoon, November 25th. So the day after Thanksgiving, somebody was giving uh, hell. Oh, no. Seems that the driver of a white Mazda passenger vehicle pulled over to the right side of the road. So they were going to make a U-turn and just, you know, zip right on around. Well, they, they really didn't check what was behind them. Oh, no. Goes wham, whips over and slams right into the uh, rear fender. Of a, uh, oh God, I really hate even say it. a 1911 Auburn. There were these two 1911 vehicles that these guys had taken out for a 45 or nine millimeters. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. The, uh, the driver of the Mazda failed to notice the two. Bam, pulls into this thing. Um, they were both owned also by the same guy. Now, the oh, second that's car make him happy. Uh, was a 1911 Kissel, and that one wasn't hurt. Now, the owner of both classic cars, this guy's name is Cam Sidwell, said the Auburn is is one of only three that exist in the world. It's been shown at Pebble Beach in California. He was driving the Auburn, said they were just out for a drive. They weren't doing more than 30 miles an hour. These these. Uh, and so anyway, through the outside eye, the damage doesn't look extensive. I looked at a bunch of pictures of it. It really doesn't. Here's the problem. Well, it's though. better made than that stupid Mazda. Well, the fender is nice, but the body of the car uh, is made of wood and it's cracked. It's probably ash, isn't it? Uh, it will be shortly. He added that the car <laughs> will have to be torn all the way down to repair the wood body, build it back up again, and then repaint the entire thing. Also, the wheels, uh, one of which got dinged, are carved by Amish craftsmen. So, you know, basically they're raising a barn to put his new car into. Yeah. Driver of the Mazda complained of some wrist pain, was checked by medical. Screw you. Who cares? It didn't require any additional transportation, was even able to drive the Mazda away. Uh, and got a citation for failure to yield. Oh man! So that was Can last you Friday. imagine the Mazda owner's insurance company? What they're saying to him? Um, we're going to cancel your policy. Furthermore, we're going to make sure you never get insurance again. Plus, we don't have any carpenters on insurance. <laughs> yeah. <list. laughs> so who's going to fix that? Car? We're going to make sure you never get insurance again in life. Yeah. Wait. Period. Ever. What Mennonite community has, you know, the car and truck shop that you can run that thing into? Uh, I don't know. We can check down Yoder Way. (laughs) (laughs) Might be able to find a couple down there. At least you'll get some good jelly. Reminds me of a a really awful joke. Uh, Oh, no. What's it take to satisfy an Amish woman? Two Mennonite. Oh, my God. Really? Really? I'm so glad I don't get English that fast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to understand that one. (laughs) 
Oh, well, moving right along. Uh, from the Journal of Classic Cars.com, Auto Hunter offers the rarest of muscle cars, the 64 Ford Thunderbolt. Oh, oh 64 Fairlane Thunderbolt. Very, very cool car. Now we're talking. This oh, is nice. I, I, I need a moment. Uh, Along with that car? Well, they're kind of, <laughs> when yeah. I first saw the uh, the 64 Fairlane, because I do like 65 Fairlanes, yeah. uh, because I'm all into square. But the 64 was kind of cool. But when I discovered that the Thunderbolt was not your usual. No, no, no. No, it's not. A, it's almost like it's not an upgrade. It was more expensive, but for all different reasons no. than wanting to enjoy driving it. But it, it, <laughs> it would be a violent visceral loud yeah. uh you don't drive this long distance it's just a quarter mile yeah this, uh, this is the sunday go to church <laughs> uh, one of the rarest muscle cars ever produced was the 64 ford fairlane thunderbolt uh it was an experimental car created for the sole purpose of winning professional drag races and an nhra championship they only built a hundred of them only 60 left out on the road. Yeah. Uh, some of them probably died at the end of drag strips. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Some of them probably, <laughs> most of them probably dry, died out on the road someplace uh, doing stupid stuff. Uh, what fun that would be. A few may have been taken by a white Mazda. <laughs> uh, the Thunderbolt the Thunderbolt option for the 1964 Ford Fairlane consisted of removing every stinking thing. Yeah, this is not a well-equipped vehicle. No, this is not a comfort <laughs> car. You're not going to be throwing stuff in the trunk and going on I'd a like trip. I'd like the option of not. No, no. Listen to all the crap they took out of the car. Really. No heater. No radio. No rear seats. No sound deadening material. Oh, God. Which means probably no carpet. <laughs> no, it had a fiberglass hood, doors, front fenders, and the early ones even had fiberglass bumpers. It had plexiglass rear and side windows. Oh, jeez. I mean, and the list goes on. Now, under that plexiglass hood set a 427 cubic inch engine uh, equipped with a high-rise aluminum manifold and a pair of Holly four-barrel carbs. Uh, <laughs> the Thunderbolt also required major changes to the front suspension to accommodate that 427. Uh, just a lot of grease and grunting. Uh, yeah, you, and you grease up the sides of the engine and yeah. you push hard. Well, How many uh, parts do they have back then? I got a deadfall hammer. We'll make this sucker fit. <laughs> yeah, this will happen. Yeah. <laughs> it also received a heavier-duty suspension mounts uh, for everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, standard factory performance equipment included tubular headers, an electric fuel pump, modified rear suspension with traction bars and asymmetrical leaf springs. Cause when it comes off hard, it's twisting. It's going to go harder to one rear wheel than the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, truck, yeah. trunk mounted battery, special tires and more. Dealers had to go to Dearborn, Michigan to get the cars if they were lucky enough to be able allocated one. They weren't even delivered. You had to go get them. No, get your truck, get your trailer, go get your shine box. <laughs> you really want this? Prove it. To dissuade people from thinking the Thunderbolt was a street car, it featured a disclaimer label under the hood oh. specifying that the Thunderbolt was designed for racing use only. <laughs> Did it's you not have a big number, you know? <laughs> How Did it have a big, num big number? I don't know if it was numbered separately or not. I would kind of think it would be. Yeah, you like think it's like a da dash plaque or something, the yeah. super-duper version. The plate under the hood reads, This vehicle has been built especially as a lightweight competitive car and includes certain fiberglass and aluminum components. Because of the specialized purpose for which this car has been built, and in order to achieve maximum weight reduction, normal quality standards of the Ford Motor Company in terms of exterior panel fit and surface appearance are not met on this vehicle. <laughs> Gonna look like a race car. Yeah, our panels don't exactly line up sweet. <laughs> Shut up. Door, Suck it. <laughs> door, door such. Go. <laughs> Uh, this information is included on this vehicle to assure that all customers who purchase this car are aware of the deviation from the regular high appearance quality standards of the Ford Motor Company, which means essentially oh you got a race car. Don't bitch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Leo, Lee Iacocca could have stood to have done that when he put out the Pinto. Uh, you could have just given him, <laughs> give him a picture of Lee and the bird. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy. And if I'm not mistaken, this is not too far away from the ban on race cars. 
Remember the, oh, the yeah. whole no, 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 no. agreement? No, and it wasn't it wasn't very far after, but it was also about the same time Henry Ford II said, "You know what? Ferraris pissed me off. I'm going to build a race car." This probably came out of their special vehicle yeah, operations yeah, yeah. that they had. The 64 is kind of the fulcrum of the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, Chevy was already cheating. Ford was already, <laughs> everybody was already cheating. So by the end of 1964, the Fairlane Thunderbolt accomplished Ford's goal by winning the 1964 NHRA top stock award. Boom. No supply, no surprise that, but Chevy was also taking stabs at it with the Impala X11. Oh, nice. So there was a war going on and Ford won. Auto Hunter has won. Up for auction. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. I'm going to go look up this. Uh, Jim Chun, according to the article, said what makes it special is you got to hear it run. It's a factory lightweight drag car. If you like drag racing, there is nothing like it. When you hear the engine and smell the 115 octane fuel burning over BP, it's just <laughs> so cool. You know, I live next to an airport. I would have to go to the airport. And get my gasoline. Yeah, go get go get some grape juice over there. Go get that purple <laughs> stuff. Uh, from, JP is actually kerosene, right? Uh, jet fuel is, but Avgas is not. You're right. You're Avgas right. is completely right. different. Uh, for more information and photos, visit this Thunderbolt's live listing listing on Auto Hunter. Current bid is uh, at one hundred and twenty five thousand. I gotta go home. 125,000. That's uh, it. I don't even I'm have like, a – And it still has 12 days to go. I don't even have a mortgage on my house. I could call my bank and just uh, – just, Let's get this done. And, uh, and Take my two kids, and, one finger. And, and, and when the bank, and when the bank come, calls my house and talks to my wife, uh, she'll tack my nuts to my forehead. <laughs> but you know what? You'll still look good driving it with yeah, your nuts. That's, that's good. I'll be forehead. living in it. I might put some of that sound deadening back in. <laughs> Just look to your left. <laughs> From Hemmings.com, uh, they were sweet, so I had to I had to share this. They showed I knew some you love. Gonna let this go by for my 1971 Ford Mustang Mach One. They did kind of a uh, a little showcase on it, and I'm like, oh, oh, hell yeah, because I love the 71. Hey, James Bond drove one once. The first, the oh, you know, it was also I believe a 71 Mustang Mach One was. Uh oh! What's the name of her? The car that they sue everybody for the Mustang when they oh, reproduce oh, it. Uh, uh, only in the modern one. Gone, gone in sixty seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleanor. Yeah. yeah, Eleanor. The original. The original Eleanor, Eleanor. was a seventy-one Mustang Mach they One yellow. Beat and, the crap oh, out of that thing. They destroyed it. Uh, but you know, there was a three-year-old car at the time that the movie was made. So yeah, yeah. well, the original Eleanor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember watching that movie in theaters uh, in downtown Branson, Missouri. So it was you it was are ten years Owen older theater. than me, aren't you? Oh my God, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> today I feel it. But uh, that car was just uh, the sweetest thing, and it was the first model car ever built. Nice was a 1971 Mustang. Uh, the fastback profile. Uh, this is according to the article. Uh, characterized the new for 1971 sports roof. Sports roof on this fat pig uh, <laughs> Mustangs. Boss 302s and Boss 429s were history, but a Boss 351 was now arrived. The Mach 1 returned and could be powered by everything from the standard 210 horsepower, 302 2 power. Can you imagine we trying to drag that thing around with a two-barrel on a 302? And, you know, we laugh at it nowadays because we are in this insane time of uh, unbelievable horsepower. And you look at 200 horsepower and go, And this is what? not even corrected. 210 is probably 180 now. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. Still, I don't. They started to do the difference between uh, gross and net horsepower right around the same time. Yep. So I don't know if that one got under net or what. But 210 horsepower after what you'd had the last few years, 66, 67, oh, yeah. 68, 69, when you're talking about 426 Hemis laying down 425 horse or LS6 Chevelles and 70 oh. laying down 450, 210, 210. Oh. Well, you know what it is? It was uh, Ford's way of saying, oh, you really ought to pay a little more. <laughs> you ought to option up because they had the two. That was the beginner's uh, level with the 302 two barrel. 240 horsepower 351 Cleveland two barrel 285 four barrel as well as a 370 horsepower 
429 Cobra Jet. Cobra Jet. 429 CJR, the Cobra Jet with Ram Air. <laughs> and the 375 horsepower 429 SCJ, Super Cobra Jet. We've come for your children. Now, that's when the drag pack was ordered. It's got a 9 to 1 compression, 280 horsepower, 351, uh, 351 CJ debuted later in the 71 model year. I love the thought of a 429 Super Cobra Jet with drag pack. Those names, that's why I like Dodge now. I didn't like it before because the only one doing the crazy marketing names, flamboyant things is Dodge. Everybody <laughs> else is doing three digits. You're saying the Z28s and the and yeah, uh, M3 uh, yeah, and Dodge's name RX7, it, you know, uh-huh. Hellcat, <laughs> Demon, and Red Eye. Yeah, actually, and, uh, that's what I like. Being, being honest, I I like their boldness, and, yeah. and they they build not confusing cars. Like but Dodge has <laughs> kind of said, we don't give a damn. We're going to do what we want to do. Yeah, it's a muscle car. It doesn't turn. Exactly. And, until somebody tells us <laughs> we can't anymore. Yeah. It's, it's meant to be fun. Yeah. You're, you're paying for that. Exactly. Yeah. If you look back and, and the 69 Camaro, we were, oh, they should have built it for a long, a lot longer time. Dodge said, okay, let's do yeah, that. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, with the uh, 429 big block, uh, the front track of the Mustangs was increased by three inches. There was a bunch of other increases. Overall body length and width expanded just over two inches each. And then to tame twisty roads, the competition suspension had a stiffer front coil and rear leaf spring, staggered rear shocks, rear anti-roll bar added to augment the thicker front one. And these E7014 wide oval tires on street wheels with hubcaps and trim rings were Back also when specified. 14-inch tires were still performance. I know, right? <laughs> you have baby tires. You remember that 63 Impala I got rid of last year? Yeah. But I drove it around for a while. I went to put, that thing took 14-inch tires. I went oh to put God. new tires on it. The only tires I could find for it that had white walls because the car came with it, trailer tires. <laughs> you can't find. <laughs> wow. I, I'm sure if you go to BF Goodrich or something, you could find tires because they do them. But uh you know, I was looking for bias plies for that uh, oh, 55 yeah. Plymouth POS that I went and looked at. and uh, Coker tire. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there, but there were a lot that were trailer tires. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so to, uh, to be able to stop this behemoth, they put 10-inch drum brake standard. Now, if you wanted power-assisted front disc brakes with 11.3-inch rotors, those were optional. Again, they're trying to, you know, get you to pay a little more, pay a little more, pay a little more. The Mach 1's mild 210 horsepower 302 two-barrel, three-speed manual transmission uh, powertrain strongly encouraged you to step up. The optional 351 four-barrel and the 429's required a top-loader four-speed or a C6. (laughs) Uh, Isn't the C6 the bulletproof one? Yes, it is. Uh, at extra cost, of course. And the former came with a Hearst T-handle shifter. Sweet! Ford's famed 9-inch differential with various gear choices was paired with the 351 and 429. And traction lock cost a little extra. Of course it did. Dual ram induction was optional for the 351s, 429s. Uh, and it would come with black or argent hood paint, engine and ram air call-outs to say, look, I got ram air. And the new interior. Oh, my God, the interior. I just love this. Here we go. And vinyl-covered, slim-profile, high-backed bucket seats. Now, an optional instrumentation group included gauges and a tack. The sports interior group included the gauges, but no tack or odometer. It's a sports interior, but no tack. What the? uh, uh, And at least you got a clock. Mm-hmm. Knitted vinyl seat inserts and accent stripes, molded door panels, integral pull handles, blah blah blah. So you uh, you got knitted inserts, and sometimes they were plaid. Um, <laughs> sexy time. Seventy one Mach ones daring design arrived when the sun was beginning to set on the muscle car era, uh, and a lot of people, for obvious reasons, thought it was too big, too heavy. You know, it was basically Torino's big brother after he ate a yeah. lot of Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's reduced rearward visibility due to the fastback also drew criticism. Well, if you ever looked at one of those things, that fastback's great, and the rear glass is huge, but it only traverses about three inches <laughs> in height. Yeah, you've got, what, a 25-degree so, lift on yeah, that thing. I mean, come on, man. You're looking at a mail slot. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, it, the sales went down significantly for 1971. You think? Now, the Mach 1's optional 285, 351 uh, kept it competitive along with small blo- other small block pony cars. So uh, if you want to go to Hemmings, and they, I mean, they went like neck deep 
into oh, yeah. all the well, different details. And, and that's what's terrific about Hemmings. Uh, but all the, all the pony cars, all the muscle cars really took a kick in the junk uh, when emissions yeah. came in and they start, uh, just everything went downhill. That's why everybody is always so hot for the 70, 71 muscle cars right before everybody got stomped. Well, even the 72s were kind of okay looking. Yep. Uh, I still like those 73s went to weird town. Oh yeah. And little two doors, and that was right before they totally, you know, the bumper regulation thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, made everything. Even the Corvette got confused. No. It was one thing on the back, one thing in the front. Nobody could tell what it was. Tell me about it. Uh, and in '73, I guess the weather turned cold, and everything kind of crunched up and withdrew. And then in '74, we had the the uh, Pinto. I mean. The, Mustang too? Yeah. Right. Nuh-uh. <laughs> no, we, we'll just pretend that didn't happen. Uh -huh. That's the cousin you don't talk about. That's why so many of them are barn finds. Nobody wanted to drive them. <laughs> <laughs> also from Hemmings this week, uh, 1961 Corvette donated to the National Corvette Museum. Whoever did this, yay. Very we, cool guy. We heart you. The staff at the National Corvette Museum have announced they've received the donation of a 1961 Honduras Maroon Corvette at the Bowling Green, Kentucky facility. You might uh, know, Johnny, a little bit about Honduras Maroon and the uh, the background. Oh, that it. is such a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just only like, like. Isn't that all in kind of the same thingy? Planet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you, Johnny. We'll, we'll Thank talk you later. For that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Howard Maxwell, a major Corvette enthusiast and a lifetime member of the NCRS, National Corvette Restorer Society. Yay, us. Yay. Turned over the keys to the, so that the Corvette fans could enjoy seeing the 61 when they visit the museum. In a Hemmings quote from Howard, I was actually in Bloomington looking for a 67 big block car that happened to run across. Let me start that sentence over. In a Hemmings quote from Howard, I was actually in Bloomington looking for a 1967 big block car and happened to run across this 1961 Oof. and the original owner still had it. Uh -huh. Original owner on a 61 Corvette. Uh, Howard acquired it some time ago. The Corvette is still mostly original with minor exceptions, such as an early repaint. And the car has won many NCRS awards, including a performance verification test, which is a really tough one to win. Yeah. These Every, people are, from what you've told me, are hardcore. Uh, a PV, everything in the car has to work, including headlight dimmer, lighter, you know, all your gauges have to work properly. The clock has to work. The clock never works. I have a 2014 <laughs> Kia that, that, that wouldn't the clock that doesn't test. work. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I, I had my Corvette clock redone. Didn't last six months. So <laughs> it, this is a big deal. Uh, this one passed a performance verification test before receiving the Duntoff Mark of Excellence Award at the 1991 annual meeting. According to Mr. Howard, Mr. Duntoff was there. Oh, God, he got to meet Zora He was Duntoff there, yeah. And presented the award to him. That's Pretty sweet. That's huge. Uh, Well-known and often seen among Corvette shows and circles, the 61 is now on display at the National Corvette Museum. The museum is currently open 8 to 5 Central Time, seven days a week. There's only two things that can stop you from going to see it. One is COVID, and the other is frickin' Mordor opening up under it again. Hey, but hey, 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 we don't talk about that. Yeah, we, we don't, we don't huh? mention that. No, 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 no. It's not a sinkhole. It's a it's an important place to dream from. It's it's uh, <laughs> viewing from below. <laughs> God bless it. When we had a we we talked to the uh, the Corvette Museum and the curator there. That was a that was an amazing story. Yeah, it and was. especially about their coming being able to come back from it. Damn. Can, can you imagine how much concrete they pulled in that damn hole? Oh uh, my God! All of it available in Kentucky. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and a little can't, from Georgia. <laughs> can't build anything in Kentucky for the next three years because it all went to the museum. Well, you can find links to these stories and more on our blog at roadmuscleradio.com. Coming up in our second segment, Johnny Fargus, we're going to point the arrow at you. The we want to find out about your massive car enthusiasm, this cool stuff that you've created and built. How and far away from Honduras I actually was born. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, dude, it's all the same. <laughs> it's on the same planet. It's close. Yeah, it is. I grew, you know, I uh, just to let you know, I grew up in Branson, Missouri, which was basically Arkansas North. 
Oh, don't so, let it, don't let him lie. Branson now is Vegas for people without teeth. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Toothless Vegas. <laughs> it's a lot of things to a lot of people. So uh, we're going to be chatting and find out about all the cool stuff that you've done. So stick around. More Road Muscle Radio is coming up. We're back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook, where I do most of my Road Muscle radioing. If you know somebody we should talk to, feel free to send us an email at driver at roadmuscleradio.com. We'd love to have uh, anybody that you think is interesting, we would love to talk to. Absolutely. And share their stories and, and talk about cool car stuff. Mr. Fargus contacted me on Facebook said we need to talk to him about all the cool stuff he builds. And the first build he showed me, I'm looking at him going, what? You did what? You stuck what where? And He's talking about cars, right? Maybe. And he was, I don't know, crazy enough. He took a little Fiat Spider convertible and looked at it and goes, yeah, that thing's kind of underpowered. You know what will fix this right up? We're going to jam a Ferrari V8 in it. Oh, my God. Why don't I take Why don't I Wait, take the pinnacle of Italian not, performance? Yeah, I, I did it all wrong. <laughs> I, I, I had to start all over again with, with the thing and the concept because how it should work. If okay. you put a Ferrari on top of the of the motor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into that first, but to uh, let everybody know kind of what his background. Well, is. Ed, that was crazy enough. I'm like, okay, dude, you got my <laughs> attention. I'm good with this. Johnny is more than just your average car guy. If you haven't, if you can't tell so far, the former Air Force vet was longtime owner of the Caribbean's largest automotive forum. That was in Honduras. <laughs> I'm gonna let him kick you. <laughs> Johnny has written for and edited a number of enthusiast magazines. He has a number of Facebook enthusiast pages, including modified Porsches and daily hot rods, nice. of which I, 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 I am kind of an, I don't know. Uh, Fanboy. Yeah. Administrator. Yeah. yeah, well, administrator, and I throw my crap up there, too. Uh, Johnny is also a madman in the garage, <laughs> constructing weird, wonderful builds from some of the most unlikely pairings, like his LS-powered Porsche 944, a $700 Ford F-150 that he's transformed into a bug-out buggy. Oh, And here's this. the strangest one yet, weirder even than a Ferrari into a Fiat, a 2JZ-powered 1930s Ford pickup. So that's the inline six from a Toyota Supra. <laughs> oh, yeah, what? let's go ahead and jam that in the 30s Ford pickup. Johnny. <laughs> You madman. Welcome to Driving Radio. Oh, thank shit. You, thank you for having me. Mark that. You got it. Johnny, you madman. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Yep. Thank you for having me and, and, and sharing one of my passions. Um, I, I love, obviously, as you can tell, talking about cars and, and working on them. And, and I don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, we I don't do alcohol. I, my passion is this. You're addicted my, my to cars. And, yeah, my family in Christ. Yes. And believe it or not, that's not the first time we've heard this on yeah. this or our sister show. Uh, we smell our own. So, yeah, yeah you're, you're where you belong. Where did you grow up? Or Honduras. Put, or, or put it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See? See? I was born in, in, in the beautiful Puerto Rico. Um, ah, yes, yes. In the center oh. of the Caribbean. Yeah, or as they say it in Branson, you ain't from around here, is you? I, I actually answer when they ask me that. I said, I'm from the south, just a little bit deeper down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way from Mason Dixon, Betty. Uh, when did you know you were a car guy? Were, were you a kid? Or uh, uh, when did you figure that out? Uh, I mean, my father was a car guy. Uh, not like, like to the extent I am, but... Um, my uncles, all of them were mechanics. Uh, my father was a hobbyist, an engineer. Um, I, I was trained growing up to, to think and create, and the closest thing we had was yeah. cars. So I saw it, started disassembling them, 
putting them back. Most of the time they worked. And, and, I was happy. and and actually it's funny but it's true one one time i decided i wanted his his susu trooper uh that he needed a carb job so i disassembled it and and i i i didn't know how to put it back so we went and bought a, a borg warner kit and i actually got it to work it gave me a little bit of confidence and i lost Two teeth? No, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I've always been inclined of drawing, creating, and, and, and cars are the best expression. And Well, in Puerto Rico, what is the car culture like? Uh, pretty intense. Uh, we have a inherited Napoleon and Napoleonic com, uh, complex, you would think. <laughs> okay. So, I, I mean, yeah, uh, beating V8s was the goal. And and the fact is we did it most of the time. No if, if you look at the fastest rotary engines, the fastest Toyotas and, and, and most of them would come from, from Puerto Rico. Uh, the hot imports as such in drag racing, not circuit or anything. Uh, most of it comes from Puerto Rico. Most people don't know where Puerto Rico is, but they know Puerto Rican cars. Uh, Mark thinks it's close to Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> it's in that thing down there with the Between stuff. Jamaica, Honduras, and yeah, Mexico. He, th- he yeah. thinks Honduras, <laughs> Haiti, and Puerto Rico are right close to each it's other. somewhere yeah, between yeah. Belize and Charlottesville, and I, I just really don't know. But, okay, well, what what were the tweaks that made those uh, made those cars so freaking fast that you could take on the V8s and win? I, I mean, almost everything. Um, I remember uh, when Rotary Engines... Racing bit was saying that they couldn't be turbo or nitros because of the design. And they yeah. went through all these long explanation as to why. Then this guy in Puerto Rico that obviously didn't read the article <laughs> did both. Uh, and, and, and it worked. I mean, it, it was a time bomb, but while it was working, they were doing crazy stuff. You, uh, don't, you don't think I can here? Watch this. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's just a challenge, and 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 drag racing, road racing. I shouldn't be saying it. Running in the street and everything. Yeah, wouldn't the uh, wouldn't the oil be squirting out of that rotary engine kind of like a lawn sprinkler if you're putting that much pressure on the inside of the thing? Yeah, sealing a rotary engine is a challenge in itself. Um, um, they had flex seal. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. No, I, I remember experimenting, a very expensive experiment. I, you know, that you need to pour oil in the carburetor, right? Mm-hmm. So I noticed that the less oil I put, the faster it was running. So it worked until one night. <laughs> Actually, it, was, it worked until it didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I locked and rolled the bearing which in a rotor is basically three quarters of the engine because it only has two moving parts. Right. And eccentric. So I, I f- broke my front rotor and I got home on my brand new pod car, parked it. Next day I was trying to move the engine, it didn't move. So yeah, I learned my lesson. You need to pour oil. So, so what, what was your first car? My first car was a 1980 Toyota Corolla Leafback. SR5. Fast. Real fast. For the for the time, yeah, it probably had 79 horses. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and then you put wearers on it and you had 100 maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I, I had fun. I assume. Uh, how did you get involved? Well, you've already kind of covered this. If your father and your uncles were all mechanics and you had it born into you, you were kind of destined to be part of the Puerto Rican car scene. Yeah, uh, uh, it happened. I don't even know how I got there. Obviously, I know how I got there, but it wasn't the purpose. Um, while I was working in the Air Force, uh, they used to tease me because I was always looking at cars in the Internet. Mm-hmm. So this is a great invention. The Internet is quite awesome. So I get to see cars while I'm working. <laughs> right? Does it make sense? That's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. so they said, all Johnny's doing is just doing that. It wasn't true. So I, I said, you know what? I got home and started a forum and started talking about cars. My friends got in and it grew exponentially. And, and we did events um, and and... 
Puerto Rico is kind of an epicenter because it's, a, it's in a flux state, which is most people in the Caribbean and South America see it as part of the United States. Most people in the United States see us as part of Honduras. No, I'm kidding. Of, <laughs> of, but but it, it is it is used as a transition point. So me being in Puerto Rico and have and being able to to create the page and being so I got notoriety in United States. We had a a section called the Puerto Rican Connection, uh, and I wrote a few articles for it. That was interesting because I grew up seeing that, but it was written down by an editor in the United States. He basically, uh -huh. but he approached me uh, and actually I got to write two or three articles. The magazine market died quite fast after that. Magazines yeah. didn't last that long. So I was an editor for a very short time, which is probably good for the industry. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Facebook came in, divorce, and a few other things happened, and forums were no longer what they used to be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and marriage wasn't the same thing it used to be. No. And so, so yeah. Uh, eventually, Carrito.net stopped being. Uh, I saw I, I grew out of the car thing, but I was that wrong. So yeah. here it's I am. It's an infection, and it never quite goes away. You never heal. We call no, it fiebre I'm... in Puerto Rico. It's called fever. Literally, that's what we call it, fiebre. My uh, my dad had that all the time. He would drive a car for three years, and suddenly he'd just walk around a car a lot, you know, and just look at just see what the new, you know, uh -huh. what they come out there, and before you knew it, oh, hey, look what's in the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> Good shooting, Tex. <laughs> Going to work and walking backwards was a common thing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't make a lot of money just because, for, I, I'll give an example. Some of the sponsorships, people told me, I'll let you use my car for getting promotions on your website. That's a true story. So I drove Ferraris to work. I drove Lotus Elise. I love, I drove everything. And, and, and I remember my supervisor asked me once, um, what the Johnny, hell are you come, doing? come here. What are you doing? So, yeah. So I, oh, oh yeah. Cause like, how are you making that much money <laughs> yeah, at this yeah, yeah. job? We need to have a chat. But <laughs> instead of money, I was taking basically yeah. exchanges. So it was quite nice. So let's get down to brass tacks. What possessed you to try and jam a Ferrari V8? I really want to know this. I'm dying to know what was what was the logic? What was the thought pattern behind that? I I looked at the car, and it had a 2.3 turbo engine. I said, yeah, but it's not Italian. So let me see what engine I can put in that actually fits mm -hmm. the Fiat. Mm -hmm. The word fits is being used. Just very liberally. Very, very lightly here. <laughs> so I said, engine, car, Fiat owns Ferrari. That makes sense. No. -uh. But that's the only <laughs> thing that actually makes sense. Nothing else makes sense. Uh, usually, you would think you would measure. Yeah, some guys would. And, and yeah. then put the, yes, right. Just start welding. Yeah, yeah. so no, I, I just put the engine and then try to figure out is... <laughs> Then we decided that's why it's on hold because we need to basically create a chassis, create a car oh and put the body gosh. on top. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Where did you find the, the engine? The, that's the thing. Uh, when you don't have money, you have to get creative. So yeah, that guy loaned him the Ferrari for his website. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually I started doing research and found out that yes, it's true. Ferrari, Fiat owns Ferrari. So let's see where the Ferrari engine actually comes in. So I found out that the it came in the uh, Modena 360, mm -hmm. the Maserati, mm -hmm. you get what I'm going to, and a few other cars. So I went in eBay instead of looking for a Ferrari engine, I looked for a Maserati Ferrari engine. Oh. So it is the whole the the whole uh, short block is Ferrari. You just need to change the top and the intake. So I bought it without an intake. <laughs> you eBayed. You, you had to use Maserati this, as the way to pay less. This is why. <laughs> this is why Rhonda won't let me on eBay after a couple of drinks. <laughs> it's exactly crap like this. 
That's pretty awesome. So what are you working on now? This ought to be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because of 2020, uh, we decided, my wife and I, that a bug out vehicle would be good. Yeah. So we bought an F-150, $700. It was a hunting rig. Uh, we have restored most, most, most of it. We put a new suspension, um, and, and prepping it to be a bug out vehicle, in essence. Um, it will have, uh, all the items necessary to survive in, in the back, uh, camper, and all those things. So yeah, I'm, I'm urban. Yeah. But I've seen the pictures of the engine and what you're doing. Oh, I forgot. Yes, you're right. It, it, yeah. I, like, remember, I told my wife I was doing a bug out vehicle and it's true, but the engine needs work. So I went again to eBay. I, I should <laughs> shut that down and, and bought a, mm-hmm. a short block head. And headers and everything, since it's going to be used, in, you need the most power, right? Yeah. Okay. Available. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I just saw the pictures. I'm, I'm building a new engine. It's going to be, when it's done, like uh, the 4.6 on the Cobra. Yeah. And and yeah, I'm also trying to make it manual, but I don't think I'm going that route. Uh, this morning, actually... A friend of mine showed me that there is a way to actually make it six wheels, but functional. <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I've thought about it, but I didn't see the practical because most people just use it for appearance, mm-hmm. two oh, dead yeah. wheels on the back. But there is a guy right now, uh, selling a middle transact, uh, middle axle. So a second axle to get six wheels in the back, not a dually, but two axles. Yes. And a, six wheels. Uh-huh. And a Ferrari engine in a Fiat. <laughs> well, I, I hope you can speak Russian because I think there's leftover parts from there in eBay that you could uh, find. <laughs> oh, yeah. with rubles. So <laughs> uh, you've got that truck. And you've got a couple other things going on. You've got this LS Porsche. Yeah, that, that's the, I, I was trying to decide in between. I mentioned the 2JC in the hot rod, but I still married and <laughs> this is one or the other. And my wife actually said, no more projects that don't run. So, <laughs> and, and, and she's right because we do need space to park the cars that Cars, are actually yeah. working. So. Uh-huh. So yeah, the, the hot rod with the 2JC will need to wait. Uh, we are building right now a 944. Uh, most of it is not being discussed right now, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, um, can you tell us what's going to be under that hood? LS7. <laughs> The 427 LS7? Yes, the 427. I'm in oh, love with that engine. Oh my God. Pushing. 500 five horse and yeah. stock trim. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And a car that came with 140 horse from the factory. Why not? Why not? The, the good thing about this one is a lesson learned from the Fiat is that it actually fits. Oh, good news. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy it's, talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I said like, wow. And that, that's. Who knew? <laughs> and if my memory if my memory serves, isn't the LS7 a couple hundred pounds lighter than the it original is. Porsche four-cylinder? It is. It actually sits a little bit lower and is a little bit lighter. I'll be talking. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in the 80s when people were saying, including Chevy, that push rods were dead. Mm-hmm. They came out with the whole thing. I don't think it, I think it was with Yamaha or something, and and did the LT1 twin cam thing. No, no, no. That was the LT5 and the CR1. CR1. The CR1 was yeah, yeah. it with Yamaha? Mm-hmm. They they did that uh, with uh, Mercruiser Marine. They did the aluminum engine, built it for uh, GM, and yeah. Lotus did the suspension. And 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 everybody, including for GM, were saying that the pushers were dead. So. Now you notice that the packaging itself makes it awesome, which is why the LS family is so awesome. It's actually narrower than than a small regular small block yes. Chevy, and and lighter, and nice. it's the perfect fit. It's a there's a good reason as to why everybody's doing it. So yeah, I'm joining the crowd. 
Do they, uh, do they make Kregers for Porsches? I bet they do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> they do what? <laughs> if you're going to jam a, a, a American muscle in, in under the hood, you got to put some American wheels on the outside of it. Okay. you got to put some Kregers on it. You, you know what? I was thinking of something done here in Kansas City. Weld. Weld racing actually is here. We know we, Well, we know a guy that uh, worked with Weld. Yes, we do. And he does those custom wheels. You can get them made pretty much yeah. any which way you want. They you can have your wife's initials. And like, you probably should. Yeah, I would think about yeah. that. And they also <laughs> bought CCW. They bought the CCW company. Okay. okay. Custom classic wheels. Yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, uh, they are the owners. Pro Charger is also here, but I'll go there later. Uh, no, I, I Eric Radson's is a friend. I know a guy who works for, with Pro Charger. Uh, so clearly you don't mind going out and taking chances on your projects and some of the things you do. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Hmm. The dumbest thing is the Fiat, definitely. It does, that, 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 that <laughs> reasoning, it was a brainchild of COVID. <laughs> so the Fiat project marks 2020. I will never forget 2020. The Fiat and the elections, I won't talk about anything. It's it just a crazy year. Yes. So I didn't have anything else to do. They told me I couldn't leave my house. Everybody was buying toilet paper. I said, that's crazy. So, um, so I'll buy you know it. what? I'll buy a Maserati. That's even, t- tell me, think about it. A Maserati engine or toilet paper? I'm not sure I follow your logic, but I sure like it. That's awesome. We've been talking to Johnny Fargus. You can find all of the social media links for Maserati, toilet paper, Maserati, toilet paper. Yeah, I said, I, I went into eBay. I said, which one? I got a garden hose. I'm buying a Maserati. I got it. It's a poor man's bidet. You can find all of the social media links for Johnny and his madness at www.roadmuscleradio.com. Johnny, thanks for being with us. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You madman. I'm so happy to know you. And thank you for sharing your time with us as we yak about grease, gears, and cool car stuff. Nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you got buddies to share it with. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com. And on Twitter, I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. We'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio. <laughs> <laughs>